I just had this out because I realized I wanted to talk about it a little bit too. Because uh, I, I was actually using it. I hear you. Like a lot of people, they don't think I actually used it. They would say, you're just saying that in a video. And it's like, no, 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 no. This time, because sometimes it's hard to switch phones like for real. For real, for real, which is why I used to make the video series, which was like, I'm switching to whatever. And I would physically put the SIM card in because it's just, a, I mean, it takes a lot of time to get it set up the way you want. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about the Fold, right? I'm talking about the yeah. Z Fold 3. So <laughs> maybe people caught the, uh, the skit video. Uh, uh -huh. Funniest thing with that video, though, was that people were... Uh, some people were taking it completely literally. It's like, that's fine. I mean, you can watch it however you want. You can take what you want from it. But we, it was a skit. Like, we were acting. Like, we, we, we were... Yeah, trying to act. <laughs> I, I guess it's always a, a blurry line because it was it's improv. So we're yeah. just kind of riffing and going off the top and creating a scenario. And really what I was trying to do was encompass what kind of goes on in the comment section or what goes on in your personal life when... You have something you really like and somebody else doesn't and, and 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 you're trying to convince them that and it could be anything it could be a phone it could be a food dish like sure. I, you, you would see people eating something be like this is delicious and the person that's like, ah, not for me and uh -huh. you're like what do you mean it's not for you and then people get offended and feelings hurt and emotions emotions get involved yeah. and all the human stuff that starts happening so we want to encompass that around what is one of the most controversial developments in smartphones in recent memory which is this folding device but anyway point being is i've been spending like two days getting it set up the way that i want because yeah. once you have a different form factor you're, you're you know tweaking how you have things set up on it mm -hmm. and and then at the same time even if you have a decent migration from one phone to the other phone you still have to manually sign in to everything Right, And it's such a headache, man. So much so that you just put it down and sort of, at least in my life, which... You needed a break. Right now is really busy. Mm -hmm. I would get it partially set up at different points, but have to keep my SIM card in the last phone. Sure. And then eventually it got to the point where, okay, it's ready to go now. All the payment and uh, credit card authorized, like for the tap. and Because mm -hmm. you got to reauthorize those, activate those, and then... And I'm not carrying a wallet, so it's just a lot of pieces to it. Right. And you were moving from an iPhone. That's right. To Android, so That's right. it might be a little bit more Which uh, convoluted. Which I should mention on that as well, that's gotten a lot better. Yeah. That has gotten a lot easier to do right now than ever before. Uh, in the past, it was like very partial. It'd be like, all right, we're going to move your photos and messages. Mm -hmm. and apps was actually kind of difficult but now it maps it will find it's capable of finding the android equivalent of the same uh, app and it just was a lot more seamless but it doesn't fix everything what about permissions like uh you know if you had iphone or ios location tracking off oh no is that, it off oh android? god no 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 it's not that Dude, nuance not that nuance at i'm all. expecting too much every single Every single app, you're still having to click yes, no, yes, no, right. and then input your credentials and never mind crypto stuff. Yeah. It, man, I'm just telling you right now, it's not, 
it's exciting because you like to be on a new device, but most people don't do it very often. So the tools don't exist, at least that I've encountered, that make a seamless transition between phones if you want to do it really frequently. Mm-hmm. So anyway, in, in in my case, this is it has gotten a bit smoother, but it did still take a little while to get it the way I wanted. But now I'm using the fold and man am i i'm just having fun with it i'll just tell you that right now nice I'm what's just, your favorite feature my honestly this sounds this is not going to sound all that sophisticated but it's it's everything you do in your phone except the ergonomics of it are f- substantially more comfortable mm. when you have it opened up mm-hmm. so if i'm sitting in a chair and I have it at this range where my arms naturally want to be. Now I have enough scale there where it's comfortable here instead of like here. Mm. It's subtle. Or, you know, sometimes you're lying down on your phone like this and you pop this up and the top part of the display because of the way you hold it sort of under the pinky is beautiful right in mm. your uh, sight line. Right. And so if you read, you tend to typically read at the top part of your screen. And then as you scroll, you'll replace the text that's at the top part. Mm -hmm. So for like just reading the news and stuff, it is, uh, and and, I mean, it's just like a tablet, really. It's like a tablet that you pack up, put in your pocket and don't have to worry about a secondary device, like something like this. And then, and then on top, and then compared to something like this, uh, the the, uh, text input is so much better because it's, the perfect scale for text input with when you had the keyboard popped uh-huh. up. This one, it's still a little bit more uncomfortable to type on, hold with two hands. It's a two-handed mostly device. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, yeah. even if you have the pen or whatever, both hands are occupied. This one, I'm sipping a coffee. Yeah, it's still a one-hander. I'm just like, it's like a little, it's like the size of a paperback book. It's just such an optimal and unusual size. Of course, there's other tablets out there. The uh, you know you've got your iPad Minis and things, but this sure. is even lighter than that. And when you're done, you slap it together and you stick it in your pocket. So mm-hmm. it's not the best phone out there as a phone, but as a it's just, it's kind. Of, it, and I've been saying this since the first version. It's like a two in one. It, it, it's truly like uh, having a tablet that fits in your pocket and can make phone calls. Sort of like phablets used to be before all phones got enormous. Yeah. There used to be this term phablet, uh-huh. w- which um, described the movement towards bigger screen phones, mm-hmm. which as a phone, they're, they're, um, the feel kind of went downhill because these things got enormous. Mm-hmm. But for multimedia, entertainment, tablet-based, tablet-type things, they all got a lot better. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of a progression in that direction. But look, it's a couple of days. All right, relax. I didn't even intend to do all this at the very front of this You're video. You're all horned up. But you were, you were just like, you were just like, oh, why are you holding that thing? What do you want to say about it? And yeah. and I was like, all right, okay, quick breakdown. But actually another phone came out today because that's what happens. Phones come out. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, actually, I appreciate all the love and support on the last video that you just had up before you put it away. Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3 is the best smartphone ever. That's me. That's Willie Doo. Kirk was in it. Willie Doo lost his cool in it, which never happens. (laughs) And it was just a lot of fun to make. And I don't think it'll be the last time we goof around with different formats. And I I promise I looked down below the video and I saw all the love people were sending. So I'm sending it back now. Uh, Anyway, there's another phone that came out today. And this is 
well, kind of the complete opposite thing of the phone that I'm holding here. It is affordable or at least budget oriented. And it is uh, highly anticipated. It's supposed to come out about a billion years ago. It is, of course, the Pixel 5a with 5G. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a lot like the last budget version of the phone. Yes. I mean, it looks pretty much identical. With the same insides. It still has a Snapdragon, not the new chip. Right. What is it, the 765? You have the specs there? Uh, I do. The cases uh, look kind of interesting with the textured button there. Well, the textured button is on the phone itself too, and then mapped to the case also. They're calling it an all-around amazing Pixel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 765G. Yeah, 765G, yeah. Six gigabytes of RAM, 120 gigabytes built-in storage. No... Uh, no expansion. No expansion. Right. It's got, uh, let me see here, IP67. Right. It's got, uh, let's see, 6.34-inch screen. Mm-hmm. What, uh, 90 hertz? 90 hertz. Yeah. Um, and it's got, well, the price tag is 450 Yeah, most importantly, $449. And I know, again, depending on the market that you're watching us from, you might be looking at 449 saying, that's not cheap. You might be looking at 449 saying, I can get this for four, for 449 or maybe even less. Mm -hmm. But what's important to note is the target audience of this particular device. Uh, it will be launched in the US and Japan. It's yep. a very, I mean, that's a pretty exclusive launch list. Maybe they expanded at some point in time. Maybe they have good reason for this. Uh, but there are markets that are underserviced on the budget side of things mm -hmm. where they don't have the same selection you might have in some other part of the world where there's 20 phones to choose from under 500 bucks. Google is a brand that's well known in the markets we talked about, whether it's the US or Japan. And when they come with a uh, vanilla Android experience at a, a, a more budget price, it get, catches people's attention. They put the commercials on TV. They say, look, uh, it's all slick and glamorous. It's a brand that you know, and it's 449. Mm -hmm. Come and get it. And uh, so that's kind of the angle here. Now, the last version was received relatively well. I presume the same will be here, but but it is funny that you have such old specs in there. And it's funny the way in which Google competes, which is um, they really lean on their brand and they lean on their software. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is dating back to my original exposure to the Pixel devices, where even though you might not have the, the craziest hardware spec, you would somehow have some, some top-tier output, like with Photos, for example, with the Photo app. Yep. You could have flagship-level camera capabilities. Just using software. Just be because Algorithms. It, it, yeah. Because mm -hmm. you would go install the software on some other phone and it would be significantly improved. And, I mean, there's all kinds of talks that you can listen to. I remember the former head of camera over there doing a whole spiel. I don't remember uh, the title of that particular talk, but uh, discussing smart photography or whatever version of that different manufacturers are calling it now, computational. Mm -hmm. God, I haven't said that word, computational photography. I haven't said that in a while. Mm. But yeah, that's that was really what it's about. So there is, there seems to be this kind of underlying confidence in a Google product 
at least from a software standpoint, that in some way you're getting a superior software experience because it's, hey, they're, they're responsible, huge company responsible for Android. And, and often new software features would pop up on the Pixel products prior to being available elsewhere, sometimes, mm -hmm. which is also fun for tech enthusiasts. But they have struggled at different moments on the hardware side of things, things like... Um, historically there's been some bad battery life performance or right. some of the display hardware hasn't been the greatest or have a yellow tint to it or this or that. Although I will say that seems to be improving in recent memory. Uh, the difference with this release is that it seems with the new pixels that are coming out, the flagship models, that they're going to be properly top tier with expensive price tags to match. Mm -hmm. That seems to be uh, what all the rumors are pointing at for the time being. So that makes this this launch quite important because it offers up that alternative uh, far more affordable. It's, pro it's probably going to be less than half the price, to be fair, Yeah, for the 5A. So they keep something available that's, I mean, it's not really truly all new, but it's new-ish. <laughs> and you can get yourself a Pixel without going all the way to the flagship. Does it keep the headphone jack as well? Headphone jack. Uh... Yeah. There's there's a rear fingerprint oh, yeah. scanner, uh, an honest-to-God headphone jack, and an 18-watt charger in the box. It's so funny that the budget models are more competitive when it comes to extras. Features. Then the flagship yeah. models, you're like, ah, you got a brick. Well, you're spending 1500 on a phone, you got a brick. Leave me alone. Or you got enough money to buy a brick, so also leave me alone. Anyway, yeah, Pixel 5a. Oh, I, I didn't tell the story. We we're supposed to have it. We were supposed to have it to make a video on it, and then and then uh, they there was some sort of mishap. Yeah, I think it was exclusive to U.S. and Japan, and, and we're in Canada. And we're in Canada, <laughs> but, but at the same time, we're like, well, of course we want to talk about it because our yeah. audience is global. And the U.S. represents, obviously, a huge portion of that. Anyway, they told us that uh, it's their bad and, and uh, one is on the way. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the 5A in greater detail when we actually have it. Today's sponsor, ButcherBox. Now, you know, Will, that I like to get out there on the barbecue. I've been known to do such a thing, and this is the time of year that you would do something like that. So you better soak up the last moments of summer here and ButcherBox can help you do that and get together with friends or family that you haven't seen in a while and put something on the grill for them. The Barbie? Yeah, I think they might appreciate it. Yeah. Whenever you need a great tasting meal, you can trust ButcherBox is in your corner. Delivering humanely sourced meat of your choosing right to your doorstep. Options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef. Free-range organic chicken, humanely raised pork, wild-caught lobster tails, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar-slash-nitrate-free bacon. It's a no-brainer right over here. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat packed fresh. You know what I like to do? I like to take some of these steaks. I like to sear each side of them, and I like to slow it down, turn down the heat a little bit, and let it simmer in there in the barbecue. I like That's to what do, you do. Yeah, right? I like to okay. do some things like that yeah. every so often when they send me those steaks. Uh, either way, you got to head over there right now because they're supporting this show, and this stuff is fantastic. All you got to do is go to butcherbox.com slash later and listen to this. You're going to start off with free chicken burgers and hot dogs in your first box. I said free. Nice. All you got to do 
is go to butcherbox.com slash lulater. That is butcherbox.com slash lulater. Or click the link down in the description. You're getting, listen to this, three pounds of chicken breast, two pounds of burgers, and one pack of hot dogs for free. Butcherbox.com slash Lou later. Today's sponsor, Me Undies. That's my go-to undies. Wearing those undies right now. Want you, you? To, want you to picture it. Want you, <sighs> want you to picture it. You just get that vision right there. Up close and personal with the micro modal. Softest stuff you're going to put on your body. I mean, you're not going to want to go back once you try this. And look, they even got the Space Jam collab going on, on the homepage. Pick that stuff stuff up if you want to get flashy with it. Or you can be like me, keep it simple, and uh, just get this micro modal on your body. This stuff grows from trees, making these undies not only super soft, but also sustainable. They offer different cuts because they get it. We've got different butts. Check out their undies, socks, bralettes, loungewear, and more, ranging from sizes extra small to 4XL. But I'm telling you right now, it's all about that comfort and the special materials that they use that you're not going to want to change from once you check them out. Uh, head over to Me Undies right now, and you're going to get 15% off and free shipping. Plus, they got a problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No questions asked. So go get your 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Uh, go to meundies.com slash lulater. That's meundies.com slash lulater. Or click the link in the description to make sure you get 15% off your first order. Apple investors should give back by buying the latest iPhones. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's, so, a, there's a pretty prominent investor here that uh, was like, look, uh, we made a lot of money by investing in Apple early. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, buy some iPhones and iPads and iMacs and just reimburse them as a thank you. <laughs> I, I just thought it was just a funny story. It is. That's uh, a strange way of thinking about it. I don't know that you have to incentivize or tell people to do it because I presume when you're invested in a company you kind of naturally support it because the better it does, mm -hmm. the, the better your shares do. It's kind of like how people buy Teslas, then they buy Tesla stock, then sure. they go on social media and tell you how great Tesla is mm -hmm. or whatever, you your crypto of choice, mm -hmm. which becomes your favorite as soon as you got a bunch of it. But this guy just has like a full plan of like what you should be doing. Okay, let's see what he says. Like most of your subscribers, I have owned shares in Apple for many years. It is my largest investment and fingers crossed will continue to handsomely fund my retirement. In return, I support Apple in my own way by always buying the latest iPhone and iPad for myself and my wife. Ditto for the Apple Watch. Regularly updating our iMacs and laptops. Buying Apple Care. Subscribing to Apple One, etc. The impact on Apple of these actions may be minuscule, but I feel it's the least I can do. As a bonus, my wife and I get to own and enjoy the latest Apple products. In addition, by showing off our new acquisitions to friends and colleagues, we've probably helped Apple make some extra sales. Yeah, so this is the thing that we were talking about the other day when we were referencing Tesla and just this idea of how a fan goes to a fan of something goes to another level of fandom once they are invested in the thing. Yeah, they spread the uh, the thing that they're invested in. Because now they have uh, um, risk. They have attached themselves. Yeah, they're in it. It's like when you bet on something. Sure. 
if you bet on a sports match, all of a sudden you're like on the edge of your seat. You're like, mm-hmm. what happened? Or what's going to happen? You have a skin in the game, so to speak. Yes, you have leverage. Yeah, so you're, you're uh, the way you... And you're not even sure the amount of influence it has over you, how much you like something or don't like something. You're not even fully aware of it. And it becomes hard, particularly if it's rewarded you substantially. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apple has been doing so for a really long period of time and has been a very reliable investment historically. But you can imagine some that have been more on the boom side of things recently, like Tesla. Some people got really rich riding that thing up. I mean, you just can't really imagine somebody who got really rich off that hopping on social media and being like, I hate my Tesla. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't line up or coincide no. with uh, all of those structural elements that, uh, that have an impact on you. So uh, this totally makes sense to me. And I mean, well, it showcases the, the power of brand and branding and commitment and customers and customer service and... I mean, it's uh, there's some depth to it, man. Yeah, you're like an investor, but you're also enthusiast. I just thought that was kind of cute. It's like this is what I do. This is what you should do too. <laughs> but but is it any different? Is it truly any different than somebody who's no. on some crypto hype and not they're like, all. "This is what I'm doing right now." Yeah, this is not financial advice, but here's what I'm doing, and then ten more people go and do it. And- uh-huh. It's tough, man. It's yeah. tough. Or somebody giving you a gambling tip saying, hey, you got to bet on this team. I'll tell you what, man. And mm-hmm. you're like, really? I'm going to make something from it. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're cheering for this team you never heard of. Yeah. And all you want in the world is for them to win. Like, you're their, who's this Connor guy? You're their, biggest, you're their biggest fan for five minutes because yeah. you're on the hook. Exactly. Twitter's new design to get a fix after headache complaints. The new text? The new font? The new font, yeah. It's <gasps> called Chirp. Have you seen it? Yeah, it didn't give me a headache. No, not for me. Either. I liked it. You liked it? I think so. Okay. Let me bring it up right now. I sure. noticed it was different. I definitely didn't have a negative reaction to it. No, I didn't either. But, um, let's uh, see here. Where, where do I keep Twitter on this new, newly organized thing? <clears throat> so I still have the new font as it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. It rolled out in mobile first. And I think it's on desktop now. Seems clean to me. It's legible. Right? As the kids say. Pretty clean. Is that what they say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my kids will see a car or something. It will be like a nice car and they'd be like, damn, that one was clean. And I'll be But like, it's actually really dirty. It's just really nice. It could I don't know. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Because oh, okay. a lot of people who who I guess have nice cars, make sure that they're clean most of the time. Sure, you yeah. rarely see that, don't you? Mm-hmm. A dirty Ferrari or something? You don't yeah, see that. Yeah. <laughs> so they're double clean. It'd be kind of cool. Maybe that off-road Lambo that you showed off the other day. Yeah, that would look clean. That could be clean, but still be dirty. Exactly, yeah. Uh, or or oh, or the Forerunner that you're buying. Now that's clean. I'm not buying it, though. Are we getting not, an update? Can, let's just get a I quick, don't have an update. <laughs> Well, because the people, they got, the whole comment section was talking, you got, like, let me tell you something, what I learned about that, when when you mentioned that. What's that? There are Forerunner super fans. loyalists, yeah. (laughs) No, I hear you. The comment section is like, 
they know their stuff. They, they, people were saying, look, Will, you don't even have to get the latest one. Yeah. You can get from this year, this year, this year. They're so sure. reliable. Uh, they never, I saw mechanics talking in there saying they never show up in the shop because they never break. Mm. Like all this kind of uh, language. So people invested in you and you owe it to the people <laughs> to provide an update on your thought process. Um, I will eventually. I'm still looking um, at different alternatives. Can, but we'll see. Are you willing to share some of um, your other uh, you know, the Oh, electric. If I'm looking for electric, yeah. Electric. That's that's up there. Interesting. The Maki is just bigger than a Model 3, obviously. Right. And uh, it looks nice. Not we had it quite in as rugged as a 4Runner. No. I wanted a top tent on top of my vehicle. Okay. Um, I don't think the Maki does that. Talking about overlanding right now? Overlanding, yeah. I'm, I don't know if there's any reason you couldn't do it because you would just have to put rails up there. Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely possible. You should look for it. Look for Maki Overland. I'm sure someone's done it. Go to images. Maybe it hasn't been out long enough for somebody to do it. Or maybe there's a reason you can't. There's a Bronco Overland right there. You definitely do that. Yeah, we had to talk about a Bronco too. So that's up there. <laughs> You're considering a lot. It's a very difficult decision. Tons of research. People do and a ton tough, of research yeah. when before they buy a car. It's crazy. But uh, I appreciate the support. The forerunner uh people. People looking out for you, man. Yeah. All right. We're gonna have to wait and see what develops over here. Oh, the font, yeah. Look, I'm I'm living with the font. I don't. It didn't really break my brain, but it was just so uh, offensive to a lot of people that uh, Twitter actually talked about it. So, to, this is Twitter's uh, official statement on it. We're making contrast changes on all buttons to make them easier in the eyes because you told us the new look is uncomfortable for people with sensory sensitivities. We're listening and iterating. Ah, interesting. So, see, that's what's tough, man. When you have a product that millions upon millions of people use and are used to and you try to go in there and make a change it's hard to know the effects it's going to have on all the variety of people and whatever their uh, ailments might be or their own personal mm -hmm. preferences it's also a very sudden change they didn't warn you about it they just changed the font yeah and, and rolled and, out to everyone and you know what you wonder if it couldn't be optional if mm -hmm. it couldn't have been a toggle yeah where within your profile you go to settings and turn it off right old font yeah i think that was the main problem right you got to give them options interesting but yeah youtube is going to start showing video chapters in search results you'll get more visibility into a video's content and you can jump right into a specific chapter how how, how are they going to display such a thing the most significant tool is chapter view right from the search results page the ability for users to break their video chapters will appear alongside the search result with a time-stamped image thumbnail for each section. So I guess you can hover. Yeah, they don't. At least all the articles I've seen, there's no real um, like image of it or how it works. Oh, here we go. Another new feature we do know is coming to mobile are little snippets of videos that automatically play when you mouse over them on desktop. YouTube says it'll roll out a version of these previews on mobile, though it's not clear exactly what gesture will be used to get the snippet to play. That's autoplay. Usually you just scroll past it and you get some kind of autoplay. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I'm guessing that under the thumbnail, you would have the chapter markers and you could hover them and it would show a representative frame or series of frames from that chapter and you could go right to it. That's all. I'm guessing you could jump partway through a video with a single click if you knew you wanted. Imagine you had a really long video, a tutorial or something, and you needed to get to a part that was three quarters of the way, you could hover, scan, click, one click, you're already there, as opposed to click and then go to the timeline and then click one more time. That's a cool implementation. I was thinking like, you know, if you want to search something specific in a video, you would have it in the search like uh, text box and then it would take you specifically there. Holy crap. Okay, I think you're right. uh, I think you're right. I think that's what they mean. Now that I'm looking at the phrasing, the way they phrased it, I think that's what they mean. So it would be separate videos of your single video that were searchable. So you could take an episode. Like some sort of text field. So you would take an episode of Lou later. Mm -hmm. And if you filled out the chapters, which I don't think you do. No. But if you did fill out the chapters... Although they were supposed to do auto chapters, I don't know when that's actually going to work. But if you did fill out the chapters, then it would effectively be clips. Yes. Because all of a sudden now it you can would, search for like Lou later, uh, Tesla, and it, and could it would go to the Tesla bring up clips. the clip or the chapter or from the, the full episode. Yeah. <sighs> I'm into this. That's, that's really crazy cool. if they actually implement that. Mm-hmm. Seems hard, possibly confusing, but we'll see. Yeah. Android's latest accessibility feature lets you control your phone with facial expressions. It's about time we start smiling at our phones, Will, instead of those mm. dumb faces we make. we got to interact with our phones. Yeah, this is obviously an accessibility feature, but I can see it as a... Car, maybe, when you're driving? A cool function, yeah. You can't touch your phone? Or like you're cooking or something. Your hands yeah, no, there's actually a lot of circumstances this could be the case. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a surgeon... Surgeon. And you ha- you do a face gesture in order to switch like to the next slide. And you don't want to talk. You can't talk. You don't you don't want to touch anything. Yeah. Your hands are you're busy. But you have a mask on. I don't know why I went to the surgeon. <laughs> no, what if what if I can just scroll the page with my eyebrows? Oh yeah. yeah That'd be yeah. sick, right? I just I just go like that, up and down with the eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that they're gonna tell us exactly what you can and can't do. Oh, here we go. The updated app brings camera switches. To switch access, one of the accessibility services included in the accessibility suite, tools that let you interact with your Android device without using the touchscreen. With switch access, you connect an external device via USB or Bluetooth to select items, scroll, type, and more. You can use camera switches to control your device with nothing but your own face. Mm-hmm. So as you can see in this, I mean, the camera is always pointed at your face. So, <laughs> I mean, it could be always on in a sense. Well, that's crazy. The gesture right. size. You could have like a level four smile or it yeah. could require an even bigger smile to trigger it. You have smile, open mouth, and raise. You do have raised eyebrows. You see, I want to scroll my eyebrows. Yeah, that's you. I'll just scroll this this story right here. I'll just scroll my eyebrows. Uh-huh. You just wake up in the morning, turn on your TV. You just start scrolling the news with your eyebrows. <laughs> Probably get tired. I don't know. All of a sudden, we're going to have eyebrow muscles. Uh-huh beefed right up like a neanderthal yeah i mean i don't know maybe when the camera switches feature is active a persistent notification icon is shown to tell you that the camera is actively being used status bar indicator whenever your device's camera is being used so the notification icon may seem redundant however 
Android Accessibility Suite app doesn't seem to be exclusive to Android 12 devices, and we're able to sideload the APK to get the new camera switches features on Android 11. This is going to be super helpful for some people, obviously, mm -hmm. those that, that do have the uh, uh, need the accessibility uh, aspect of it. But I, you can also imagine the variety of convenience sure. possibilities here. Yeah, when your hands are busy, mm -hmm. just use your face. All right. Watch a Tesla Model X drive yeah. with its Falcon. Oh, I, I saw this is one. Is this the one? It wasn't this it, though. No, 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 it wasn't it. It wasn't it. But I did see this one and thought that you should definitely put it in. So apparently somebody decided to go for a drive with the Falcon wing doors open. Yes. And it oh. is not a good idea. No. Uh, oh, the video. Oh, the video got taken down? maybe no come on okay let's this more. was this was a huge this was breaking news man yeah it was shown all over the place there you go let's here we this go one. this is definitely it reposted to youtube tesla model x door gets smashed <laughs> so some context this person was pulling out with uh, the doors open or at least one of them Decided to drive away while this person's filming, yeah. not warning the person as well. Oh, baby. Ugh. And hits the bus. Good Lord. Dangerous too, man. Right <laughs> where the driver at, is. That person with in the motorcycle. My just God. Just holding their head. Holy moly. That is ugly. It's uh, more violent than I expected it to be. Like I was... I was I guess I was kind of hoping it was like a subtle ding, but that was pretty serious. Smash the glass, and then the mm. door is completely wrecked. Uh, yeah. Was he trying to do a stunt? Was it, do we know, or was this a malfunction of some kind? Um, I think this person didn't hear the uh, sound that the Tesla is supposed to make. But you know the, the, door the giant open. door is open. You don't think you noticed that? I want to give this person the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they didn't hear that there was wind and yeah, and street outside noise. noises. It's a lot, man. Some sort of warning signal from Tesla. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, this this uh, hit the bus. Didn't hurt anyone. Everyone's fine. Driver's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's an interesting thing about doors. If you have a regular car that is not does not have falcon falcon wing doors you have a regular car mm -hmm. uh you it's hard to drive with the doors open right because they're gonna swing shut in most cases right if you tried to drive with them wouldn't they swing well, shut. well let's say this even if you hit something that they would be pushed shut sure yeah before Maybe get uh, like a little dent it but. would be a dent but it wouldn't have nearly the impact because the falcon wing hits and it has nowhere to go i mean it, it obviously closes up and down so it's funny you try to think why car doors open the way they do uh -huh. because you have other doors like on a, a rolls royce and such mm -hmm. where they open backwards i think they call them suicide doors right yeah you would have the same problem there if you mm -hmm. ever hit anything with them open, it's a lot of resistance. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, uh, these doors have been a problem for Tesla in the past. Apparently, they... I don't know if they really regret them. I was listening to Elon on, on Rogan's podcast. He said, like, 
he said that car's the coolest car ever. He loves it, does all kinds of fancy things. But my understanding is from an engineering perspective, those doors may, uh, may be a little bit over the top mm. and have had some certain issues. I hear you. Tesla again bans salvaged cars from supercharger network in a confusing situation. I can imagine what they're what they mean here. I know they don't they really don't like the idea of Frankensteining your own Tesla together. Mm-hmm. And they've had a variety of different approaches to the supercharger network. It was obviously a major perk for a long a long period of time that you would be able to use use the network for free. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anymore, right? You got to pay now. Do they? Tesla in Canada? A, uh, I, or is it worldwide? I don't think new purchases come with unlimited charging. I'm not mm-hmm. certain on that topic. But anyway, point being is for a long time, that's what did exist. Mm-hmm. And um, you can understand te- Tesla's point of view. They want their best customers to have access to as many superchargers as possible. And people who are putting together the Frankenstein models... A little bit less important to Tesla as far as customer base is concerned. And they said it was like a, a danger to the chargers. Right. I mean, obviously, if you're Frankensteining it, it might cause a charging malfunction. It was a big blow to people who refurbished, salvaged Tesla vehicles and got them back in running shape. The automaker claimed that it was a safety issue, but it didn't offer any path to inspect the cars to get them approved back on the supercharger network which is a big part of the value proposition of Tesla vehicles. Over the last day, we received several reports from salvaged Tesla owners confirming that the automaker reversed the change again, and they are now able to supercharge on Tesla's network. Wow, okay. Hmm. So they went back and forth on it. Yeah, that that's the type of story that has the potential to get out of hand. We're not talking about whether it's free or not. We're talking about the ability to even charge at all, uh-huh. which this is one of those moves where... Uh, People look at a company that has a proprietary technology like the supercharger network and governments look at these type of things and say, wait a minute, type of restrictions you putting on there that, that a, you know, software based restriction that a person can't use it because they had their vehicle repaired or refurbished mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And you don't want those eyeballs. You don't want that type of scrutiny. So I presume that's why they backtracked on it. But there still could be some level of risk factor involved sure. for the for this group of people who have these refurbished units. I do I do agree what they said there. Yeah. The ideal scenario is to offer an approval process. Yeah. Like inspection. A certification. Yep. That would solve all problems. CES 2022 is going to require proof of vaccination against COVID-19. The tech gathering is going to be back in Vegas. After the all digital event 2021, all digital, I mean, you can't do this this event all digital. It's really Did you not, watch not the it? point of it. No, no. <laughs> I don't think any of us I, watched I don't, it. I don't even, yeah, it was just completely lost at that point. Yeah. Yeah, you have to remember, I hadn't, I hadn't also been there in a really long time prior to that. And let me tell you something about CES. I'll give you a little background from a guy who probably went consecutively for like a decade. Everybody gets sick at CES. <laughs> Uh, not COVID because I haven't, I, obviously I haven't been uh, recently enough existence of COVID, but everyone gets sick. It's super common. Maybe there's a couple of times I didn't. Uh, and it's just, it's this really tight core. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's a huge space. You're talking million square feet, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of people coming from all over the world to some indoor location in Las Vegas, shaking hands and, 
Now, I know they would do some other version of it. Likely, it would be a little bit more spaced out, and they would do a COVID version of it. But they, Vegas needs this type of thing, man. Vegas needs to be able to look at all these people in one in one hotel yeah, for like a lifetime ago. For example, Vegas needs these type of shows, not just CES, but gatherings, conventions. That's what they do. Yeah, that's how that place works. So they got to find a way to make it happen, and you have. Uh, what do you have? You have mayor. The mayor, I believe, was being very aggressive at first to try to get Vegas opened back up, and mm -hmm. they're willing to do whatever's possible in order to get these these approvals and things. And and so I presume this is part of it mm -hmm. that in order to get the show up and running, that they've determined that this is going to be required. But you know, people get very sensitive about this subject and think, hey, I don't want to. I don't want to be told. Uh, like as as far as anything medical is concerned, I don't want to yeah. be. I don't want to have uh, any organization or government. You heard music. Some musicians came out and said, "I'm not going to play a show if it requires that type of yeah, uh, um, that type of proof of vaccination." Sure, yeah. And there was this is very controversial. Talk about the airlines. If it is like. The thing about CES is that it's international. Very people from all over super the world international come here just for like a couple of days and then go back to wherever they're from. Yes, and it's a big it, mashup. Yeah, it's yeah. risky to some people. Well, you know that's why I opened the conversation with saying people get sick all the time, regardless of COVID. Yeah. As far as just t uh, oh, colds yeah, and flus and, and giving presentations all day it, after a, like taking the red eye you're also indoors the whole time it's so damn hot yeah wearing you, your suit you're, imagine you're, some people you're, you're you're i mean they got ventilation and stuff going sure. on but you're indoors the whole time you're also in tight quarters because you're always sharing buses and cabs to get places so you're always really close to people as mm -hmm. well it's it's just what it is man it's a lot of people uh, mixing around anyway what's the quote here this is from gary shapiro he's the president of this thing we all play a part in ending the pandemic through encouraging vaccinations and implementing the right safety protocols uh, in, in a release. We are taking on our responsibility by requiring proof of vaccination to attend CS 2022 in Las Vegas. I don't know if this will affect their numbers or anything like that, but um, I think it's also a little bit uncomfortable because it's who, who are you, right? You're, you're, you run the convention and I'm showing you documentation, mm -hmm. medical documents. It's not common. It's not, we're not used to it. Mm -hmm. It's a bit, uh, from a privacy perspective, it's a new world that we're living in where where these there's these scenarios that exist that we didn't have to be comfortable with in the past. Mm -hmm. So I think it's understandable that people are nervous about such things because they do represent something new. And But at the same time, we're existing in an environment now, which is different than one that we've been in before. So it's going to be hard to satisfy everybody on this subject. Mm -hmm. Impossible, actually. For sure. Walmart is the latest Fortune 500 company hiring a cryptocurrency expert. But what is it that they call it at Tesla? The that their top finance guy, uh, um, the something of coin, yeah, master of coin, master of coin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a fun name. You have to uh, you have to be thinking about crypto right now. Whether you're Amazon, Walmart, Tesla, Apple, mm -hmm. Google, everybody's got to be thinking about it because it's become such a Man, such so a huge point in culture. It just seems significant right now. 
Uh, it's been sustained and uh, there's enough people interested in it that you have to hedge. You have to have a plan just in case yes. it becomes, you don't want to be so far behind mm-hmm. once things move. I mean, maybe it never becomes the de, the de facto, the standard. But or, at least the conversation got going within the company. Just in case. Foundational, yeah. When you're a company as big as Walmart, you better have a plan even if you never use it. Yes. And so Walmart is hiring a cryptocurrency expert to potentially expand its virtual payment options as a growing number of Fortune 500 companies warm up to digital currencies. The position will be based in Walmart's Bentonville, Arkansas headquarters and responsible for developing the retailer's digital currency strategy and product roadmap. So yeah, it's early stages still, Mm -hmm. but it showcases how a company like Walmart can, can move into the digital realm and and prove that they're uh, interested and, and concerned with uh, existing in that space and not exclusively just being an old school brick and mortar place. Exactly, yeah. They could see it as some kind of strategic advantage. I know AMC was trying to make the same case, like we're, we're a part of this new culture thing. It's so hard to get out of that brick and mortar branding. GameStop. You know, because it's... As long as it's physical, you know, it's there, you can visit it. It's hard making the move to digital. So hard. I never think of ordering off Walmart and I exactly, always order yeah. off Amazon. It's so yeah. crazy. It's just hard to change. Mm-hmm. But is Walmart capable of doing some of the stuff that Amazon does? Absolutely. And do they need every edge they can get? Absolutely. Yep. So this uh, represents, I, I suppose. But also, here's the here's the important thing: just straight up marketing. Mm-hmm. When do you talk about Walmart? When are you curious about when are you? When is Walmart entering the news cycle? From that standpoint alone, you now have this uh, relationship between Walmart and something you think is cool. Let's say it's crypto. Yeah, this and, got my attention, and it just exists in your brain now. Yeah. That maybe Walmart is cooler than you thought, or AMC for that matter, sure. or or and this is how collabs work, and how these how these um, projects and and can can broadcast um, can can broadcast a shift or a culture change within it. McDonald's with their collabs, mm-hmm. like whatever, p- take your pick yeah. within there. You can just simply say, hey, we're hiring a cryptocurrency expert. It's like, hmm, Walmart's pretty cool. Uh-huh. You know yeah. what I'm saying here? Exactly. For sure. A $50,000 camper that turns the Tesla Cybertruck into an RV has hit $80 million in pre-orders. We saw this we in the past. We talked about this, yes. But now it's coming into fruition. Yeah, in the form of... Mainly because of $80 million pre-orders. Or $80 million dollar pre-orders it's funny how that works isn't it yeah 80 million bucks and all of a sudden you got a real thing going on mm-hmm. yeah it's quite a few bucks i mean i saw this article um and it's a little bit of an interview with the uh, creator and it's a nice kind of um history of where they've been and pretty much what they're doing with this new cyber truck uh camper endeavor Cyberlander, it's called, right? Yeah, I mean, there's just they're just renders right now, but uh, 
it has like a kitchen <laughs> and it has a toilet shower <laughs> and it just looks kind of cool it's very cool i think i'm i have my concerns obviously mm-hmm. as far as because because it was also it has this accordion design it all pops up and i, I guess it's motorized or something mm-hmm. i have my concerns but if it works the way that they're showing it off, it is extremely cool. And then yeah. you got all kinds of people doing van life inside the Cybertruck or just tailgating, just having a time. I, I might be a customer. I, might, if, I will have to buy this thing I will, if it turns so out to be good. This. Well, if it turns out to be good, I would have to buy that thing. Okay, yeah. It's not as much, it seems like it's not as much as space as my current adventure van thing. No, it seems kind of tight, but it's really high. They said it's going to be 11 feet and it's going to so, be almost like two floors. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see some real pictures of it. I, I presume they can go ahead and fabricate sure, a, a yeah. version uh, what would you call it? Uh, a mock-up or something like this? Yeah. Because the renders are hard to really imagine in real life. So right now what they're having a problem with is... Um, they're not getting the specifications from um, Tesla themselves. So they have to guess exactly what uh, size it should be. But the bed, see, my problem is the bed is about six feet. So Mm -hmm. how can I lie down in there? If I need to lie down, I I just don't understand where I don't have enough length there. Yeah. I mean, you could go the other way, maybe this way. No, no, because it's even those that dimension's not enough not even close no no that dimension's even more narrow oh on a truck bed well i guess you have to scrunch up there i'm really not i'm really quite curious here yeah so yeah i guess with the tail down you can get another foot so maybe it is enough maybe it gets to seven feet because it all sits on top of the tail as well Mm -hmm. a lot of questions here but yeah, I'm curious. I mean, the thing is, you need a Cybertruck first, and those aren't going into production until 2022. Exactly, so yeah. I don't know. We got a lot of time to think about this. We'll see. A $20 million 1995 McLaren F1 just became the most expensive car sold this year. Whoa. $20 million mm-hmm. on a McLaren F1. Is this not the car where you sit in the middle? Is that this one? You do. Yeah, that's so cool, man. So this is uh, an original um, no upgrades have been made. Mm-hmm. This is factory, just like um, kept in pristine condition. And uh, yeah, would you get it? <laughs> the stunning gavel price makes the supercar the most expensive F1 all time and also represents the high water mark for a vehicle at auction this year. I know it's an iconic car for sure. With mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, it's called F1. You drive in the center of it. Mm-hmm. The F1 is considered by many to be the first hypercar. Just 106 were built between 1992 and 1998. It's among the most prized vehicles in the world. This particular example is chassis number 29. It's the 25th of 64 road cars. That's interesting. It's 029, but it's the 25th out of 64. Okay. Mm-hmm. From the production run, according to the auction house, it's finished in Creighton Brown paint job, which is offset by an elegant light brown and tan interior originally sold to a collector in Japan. The car remains in as-delivered state. No changes have been made since it left the factory, and it has just 243 miles on its V12 engine. 243 miles 
is all that he drove. And uh, the reason why people love this car is because it's considered the first hyper car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's supercars and then there's hyper cars. Right, yeah. It gets, it gets <laughs> to another level. And this just still looks amazing. It looks great today. Yeah. yeah it's With the color and everything. Totally holds up. This is one of those situations where you get car collectors who make the claim, hey, these are investments. Mm. Hey, I'm not uh, just buying these things because I'm trying to show off, but they're real investments. Like This is one of those examples. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could show off in the meantime. You could show off for 200 miles or whatever you drove it for, but... Whatever the original purchase price was, I don't know what it was, a million dollars or something. I'm, sure. not, I'm not sure. You hold on to it for 20 years, and all of a sudden, that's $20 million. Yeah. And you got to look at it and enjoy it to a certain extent, assuming you have space to store it. Sure. And so it does work out sometimes. I don't even know if it was a million dollars new. Maybe you can give us a quick Google. I'm curious what this guy's return was, assuming he bought it new in 95 and sold it for 20 you got to go, original like, I guess, original. Price. Yeah, I guess you would have to write original price. <laughs> what it was originally sold for. Oh, here you go. What did it cost? Yeah, 94 is fine. It'll be roughly the same. 815000 yeah. Yeah. The fastest car at the time was 850000 So he turned 815000 into $20.5 million in mm-hmm. 26 years. Should he, should he have bought real estate or should he have bought the car? I guess it depends where the real estate was. Yeah. But the car seems more fun for some reason. Yeah. Well done. Congrats. Yeah, good for you. Boston Dynamics shows how bipedal Atlas robot flips, vaults, and falls over in its latest videos. I saw this video. Is this it's the one? so impressive. Is this the story? Like no. Oh. No. I don't think we're going to get it. Unless it's the McDonald's story. No, no, no. It's not the McDonald's. Because the McDonald's, you told me about when you got here. Yeah, okay. Or no, I told you about when you got here. And, and then was... you flipped out. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Let's just stick with... Let's finish this one, and then we'll get to the McDonald's one. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, these guys. <laughs> we have to talk about it. You have uh-huh. to talk about it every time they put one of these out. Because they just keep getting more and more fluid. And they just keep getting more and more human-like and intelligent with uh-huh. the pivots and the... And it weighs just about an average human. They got it's the like weight a, down now? 180 pounds. Wow. And it's like a little over five feet tall. 180 pounds. It's, yeah. it's almost exactly Surprising, my yeah. size. Is it six feet too? It's uh, a little over five feet. Oh, so it's a little, so it's a little thicker than I am. Yeah, but you're taller, so... I'm a little taller. It's a little thicker. Yeah. Well, also, I'm five pounds heavier. Um, that's, that is... Did they... Were they aiming? Was the target... It must have been. The target must have eventually been to make the average size person in robot form. Sure, yeah. So maybe it's more relatable in a way. Right. <laughs> Face-to-face. Not... Uh, this crazy what are you saying will what's the eventual plan here uh a butler (laughs) (laughs) i would love a butler or what about what about just moving stuff around take the garbage out stuff like that'd be amazing amazon could use one of these yeah he looks great this is amazing they no offense to spot but this is another level Mm -hmm. the spot the dog robot this one here is uh well 
And there was another video of them kind of showing their failures as well. Oh. When the robots are doing... The blooper reel. Uh, That's not it, though. Must be that one. Yeah, this one. But, yeah, like they're trying to mimic human interactions. Oh, I kind of like this that camera action yeah, on this video, cool. maybe even better. It's cool with the gimbal. But you see them fall, you see them trip, you see them leak fluid, like, uh, you know, and hum a human being injured or something. Oh, that's weird. Lying down. <laughs> yeah. Dead. It's... Uh, it's very fascinating to see this kind of stuff. You know what, Will? Let me say something here. It's so crazy to me. <laughs> it's not, it's not, oh, not crazy at all. So cool. It's not crazy is the wrong word, but it's something I was thinking about recently. Let's just say that. Okay. How as humans, we get used to anything. Anything. They show us something and we take a, a look at it. And at first we go, wow. Mm. And then the second time we go, eh. and the third time we go, yeah. Mm. It doesn't matter what it is. It does not matter what it is. Yeah. Boston Dynamics is showing. <laughs> well, well, imagine being excited all the time. That wouldn't be. Uh, but it's not really about being excited all the time. It's about. Enthused. No, I feel like it's a problem because some, not all wows are the same some have much further reaching implications some sure. are way more substantial developments mm -hmm. but yet we still have a similar okay here's what i'm trying to say okay this dude is jumping around here but we've seen this dude jump around before you called him a dude can <laughs> i is that fair his name or his name easy well its name is atlas why are you trying to do all that right now <laughs> Well, we're trying to humanize them. I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the point I was trying okay, to make, though. Okay, I was just moving on. past it. It didn't matter. Sure. You could watch a clip where somebody makes a great play in sports. And mm -hmm. wow, look at that. Then Boston Dynamics shows you that. And you go, wow, look at that. And you scroll to the next thing. Scroll to the next thing. It's, yeah. They're not equivalent at all. Mm -hmm. One of them is an amazing thing that a human does, which maybe improves marginally over time that humans get better at a particular task, but it's slow. It's yeah. slow progress. These guys been around for five minutes in the scope of human existence. Mm -hmm. And they put this out and it's almost like we need an extra react to deal with it. Mm -hmm. That our typical wow doesn't suffice because we can't even fully in envision the wow we can't write the whole story it's like beyond our capability to comprehend what it all means because mm. this is what they're like now will i want you to imagine a hundred years yeah just imagine a hundred years okay maybe the the dude is still making the the fancy catch at the sporting event or maybe the fancy catch got 10 percent better but this ain't gonna be 10 percent better mm-hmm yeah, this is highly scalable. Our evolution is so slow comparative to this evolution, at, at least in the physical sense, in the sure. me mechanical and software sense. I don't, I don't know how intelligent they can get and how fast they can become more intelligent, but wow, that's so weird when he's carting it off there. Yeah. It's 
it's, uh, I don't know, at least for me, in order to apply the correct amount of wow, or at least a, an amount of wow that I would consider to be commensurate with what I'm seeing, mm. I have to imagine the eventuality instead of just sticking with what I'm seeing today. Mm. Yeah, you got to go to like the maximum, the maximum level of what this could be even at the pace that it's at right now even at the pace that it's at since i started watching it or you started watching it yeah which is essentially the amount of time i've been on youtube Mm -hmm. roughly a decade or whatever it is that's how long this has been going on this is how far they've gotten everybody in your mind right now take this and go 100 years considering it's been 10 roughly Uh that we've been seeing this go 100 and tell me what you see and congrats to boston dynamics for this achievement, I guess. Well, they're doing. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that 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 ain't easy work. Good job. Forty-year-old slice of Princess Diana's wedding cake sells for twenty-five. <laughs> Is this the story? No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> uh, does that seem high enough to you? No, surprisingly not. Because she had some big-time fans. Did you give him a treat? Is that what he's chewing on? Okay. I get panicked for a second there. I'm like, what is he chewing on? I don't know. Some kind of a hard item. But I was thinking maybe you gave him a treat. It's gone now. (laughs) Whatever it is. I I swear it looked like a treat. Like it it looked like a dog treat. Yeah. Oh, okay. You didn't give it to him. No. So Mo Mo must have gave it to him. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, we were looking at the Steve Jobs memorabilia the other day and you had some pretty big ticket prices there, but maybe it's because it's a piece of cake. Yeah. Maybe you're worried can about expire. how long it can hang in there. You read that right. A piece of cake from Princess Diana and Prince Charles 1981 wedding has been sold for over 2,500. Originally expected the single slice of cake to sell between 277 and 416. What? That's even lower. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think this, they need better advertising on this. <laughs> yeah, I would have bought it for four grand. Wow, it's a big slice of cake. It features a royal coat of arms with a silver horseshoe and leaf spray weighing 1.8 pounds. That's a piece of cake, dude. 1.8 pounds? Yeah, they don't have it here. I thought they, they did, but... Uh, what do you mean? Oh, there's a picture of it? Yeah. There is. Oh, here we go. It w- they were able to preserve the 40-year-old dessert by putting it on a card with tinfoil and covering the top with cling wrap. Stored the slice of cake in a tin. It appears to be in exactly the same good condition as when it originally sold, but we advise against eating it. <laughs> <laughs> they kept it in the freezer for, you know, 40 years. And uh, I guess you, yeah, don't don't try eating it. Wow, that's crazy. I, it seems like a weird thing to collect. You don't get a lot of people collecting food items. It doesn't seem, it seems too perishable. Unless it's McDonald's. A lot of people collect. Right. Or they leave it in. People have pulled that one before, but not for <laughs> tremendous amounts of money. They weren't yeah. able to sell it for thousands and thousands of dollars. Wow. That so is, this is the cake in question. It, well, that's there's a no huge, size comparison. huge chunk of cake right there. Yeah. I mean, it's a royal cake, right? Wow. Yeah. Very interesting collectible right there. They have the, uh, is it the emblem? Yeah, you got an emblem Uh, going on there. So when you look at the entire cake standing up right there in the image, like before it was chopped up, yeah, that one, 
I think this is the. It, it, it looks. Oh yeah, this one. It looks to. Oh, okay. So it's one of the sides. Mm. It's a. It's one of the side slabs over there. Wow. Forty-year-old slice of cake. I, I don't know. I. I don't think it would be my favorite collectible, but I still feel like it's probably person got a deal at two grand. They just uh, pop it in their fridge. Wait another forty years, and who knows? Like, who do you even, get who, do, who do you even talk to about preserving this thing, and for how long? I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I yeah. have no idea. All right, last one. Oh, this is the McDonald's story. Okay, so Will comes in this morning, and and I got the news feed, and I'm just hanging out over there, and I say, and because I know Will likes McDonald's news, and so, and, and probably Vin would have an opinion too. I'm sure he he does, but. I say, hey, Will, you see this one? Because it showed up in my newsfeed. McDonald's has a new uh, menu item, which is a donut, but it's like a shareable donut. It's a glazed donut, but it's shareable. You can pull it apart, and it's like one, two, three, four, five, six. It's seven segments, and they're all like little balls, and they remind me of Timbits. People don't know what Timbits are. The local One of the local major coffee shops called Tim Hortons. They have the center of the donut, which they call Timbits because their store is called Tim Hortons. And it's famous. People show up to the, the sporting event. They show up to the early morning hockey. I mean, we have a box of them here all the time. Uh, we, in, in here, there's always a box around. You can grab one of those. You need a couple calories, a little bit of energy or and whatever it might like be. And they're just like mini donut balls. That's it. It's the center. It's People call it the center of the donut. And I know Dunkin' Donuts in the States has the same thing. And so this is an established thing. Mm -hmm. Now, McDonald's didn't do that. McDonald's instead did something in the more typical donut shape. But instead, it's made up of essentially Timbits glued together. That They're not glued. They're baked together. And you pull them apart and share it that way. Mm. But it comes in one wrapper. And it's a simple, the simplest type of donut, which is just a glaze. So I just mentioned this to Will, and I say, hey, they got this new donut coming out. And Will absolutely loses it on yeah. me, on McDonald's, on Mo, anybody in his path. It was like a tornado going on. And I was like, whoa, whoa, man, what's the, what's the problem here? Yeah. And he starts explaining to me. Well, actually, I'm going to let him go ahead and explain right now because uh, uh, it's, his, it's his thing. He will tell you why he's so angry right now. Well, at first glance, I was offended, like when I was reading the story on my own, um, because it looks primarily like a specific donut from Japan. And Japan donuts are like really good. Uh, let me search for one right now. And they're, they're very specifically shaped. They look like uh, a ring that has pieces that can be ripped off, just like the McDonald's donut. But the problem is, is not they, they, I feel like McDonald's didn't just rip them off on the shape. I think that they ripped them off on the ingredients because in J Japanese donuts, they have this ingredient called mochi. And mochi is like this glutinous substance that makes things chewy and stretchable. So I feel like if McDonald's is going to rip them off, I think they should add mochi inside. That's it. And I was really offended, but now I cooled off. So I'm okay. 
<laughs> I'm still going to try this out. <laughs> oh, you are? Yeah. Okay, so you're not that angry. I was. Because at first glance, I was like, why, why are you copying Japanese donuts? Like, why can't you just make regular donut holes? Like Tim Hortons or Dunkin' Donuts. Well, my feeling was if they had done the mini donuts that weren't pull apart, that people would have been... Well, there's two two things. There's the complexity of storage and distribution. They get to have just a plain wrapper for that, mm-hmm. which I, and I know McDonald's thinks about these things because of mass production. For sure, yes. So they're thinking, okay, you got to have a box and someone's got to have separate tongs to put in the box and it's another employee or whatever. But then also, I feel people may have had the same reaction you had, minus the Japanese component. They would have had the reaction in relationship to the pre-existing Timbits or the donut holes that already yes. exist elsewhere, Dunkin' or whatever. They'd say, McDonald's is just doing that same thing. Mm-hmm. This seems more fun. You pull it apart. You share it. Whatever. Now, I will know. I will note that there's a difference on this donut compared to the one that you showed off. It does have a centerpiece. But there piece. is similarity. You can uh, see it, right? Absolutely. But okay. there, there is a centerpiece, which to yes. me, a key factor with a donut is that there's a hole in the center. This, what's weird about this is it, there is no hole in the center. No. It's another pull-apart piece on the inside. Mm-hmm. This is more, there's a, there's a pull-apart type of cinnamon bun that kind of works like this as well, mm. where it would just be different pieces that you would pull off of it. Are they like Kaiser rolls kind of thing? Like, are uh, they square? Well, you you can do it with like bread, but I'm talking about a dessert one, which would be kind of like a cinnamon pull apart. I think you can probably even write that. Pull pull apart cinnamon. Yeah, check that out. And I think I think the idea this this one is larger, and you would just pull a piece off of it. Like the I think the good. Well, no, click on actually go down more to that one to the left in the center, in the center actually. Sure. Yeah. So it's like little nubs. Now this is bit much bigger. Mm. I've never seen it this shape before. Yeah, and and it's little chunks that you can you just pull a little piece out of it. Mm. So you don't have a huge commitment of a, a whole deal. But anyway, you, you these type of dessert things have existed. I think you are just really such a fan of this particular Japanese. I'm very biased. Yes. Donut that you just wished that you could pick it up at McDonald's in the drive-through. Now the other thing I said to you was. This, to me, seems more like a specialty item with the mochi involved. Yeah. And McDonald's... It is the secret ingredient. McDonald's is mass production. They're going to sell this thing for a buck, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more, depending on the market. And uh, they can't be involved in the mochi business, ordering all that stuff up. I'd be really impressed if they did. Yeah. But they got to be thinking about the value structure. They got to be thinking about the, the... Yeah, they have margins to worry about. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you imagine them just even calling up J- Japan and like, okay, we need the... We need 500 million pounds whatever, of mochi whatever, flour. Whatever it is. Yeah. And they're like, okay, this is a little much. So, but we'll see how it does. You and I both had a little bit of a report when they tried donuts, mini donuts in the past. We weren't too happy with it. No. And it was not anything special at all. Maybe they're going to nail it on this one. The donut game is a tough game. Not everybody is the likes of Krispy Kreme or even those specialty donut shops. Yeah. You kind of have to adjust your expectations when you're talking about mass production. But I still presume this thing's going to be better than what they put out in the past. So yeah, hopefully it's a march towards some level of improvement. And hopefully it can be enough 
for Willie Do not to com- completely lose it in the drive-through, sure, cause problems and get arrested. We'd prefer that that didn't happen. So McDonald's better bring it on this one. I'll give it a shot. McDonald's better bring it on this one. <laughs> <laughs>